Faith and hope is the light that leads us from the impossible to the possible. Welcome to the I'm Possible Radio Show. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to another episode of the Impossible Radio Show with your girl, Lady J, right here on JQLM Radio, a division of Ego Entertainment Network. So before I introduce my special guests for today, let's get the formalities out of the way. If this is your first time tuning into the show or JQLM Radio, and you would like to share with your family, friends, and followers on all the different ways that they can tune into the show, be sure to tell them to download the JQLM Radio app on their Apple or Android devices. You can also listen to JQL on radio via Alexa or TuneIn app or stream a simple radio app and a host of other platforms, which you can find on our website where you can also listen live at www.egoentertainmentnet.com. Also, don't forget to follow, like, and share us on social media at JQLM Radio on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And for Ego Entertainment Network, you can follow us at EgoEntNet, that's E-G-O-E-N-T-N-E-T, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can follow us at Ego Entertainment Network on LinkedIn. You can follow myself, Lady J, on Facebook at Lady J Brand. You can follow me on Instagram at LadyJ.co, that's L-A-D-Y-J dot C-O. You can follow me on LinkedIn under Lady J. You can also follow the Impossible Radio Show on Facebook at Impossible Radio Show and on Instagram at Impossible Radio. And to learn more about me, Lady J, what I do, all the different brands, products, and services that are available to you, visit www.ladyj.co. That's L-A-D-Y-J dot C-O. Now let's get into it. I am so happy to have you all here with me on today with my special celebrity guests on today. Yes, I have two guests for today and they are a married couple and they are the producers of a new show coming to Fox TV called Second Chance Saves Lives. And let me tell you, it's not just a television show. They do so much work with all different types of people that have found themselves in, let's say, hard places in life, between a rock and a hard place, and they are just needing a second chance at life. And so what they're doing with this company, with this show, is absolutely amazing. So let's find out a little bit more about our guests, Tiffany and Paul Newtall. Welcome to the show. Thank Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. (laughs) <laughs> I am so excited to have you both here. I love your story. It's awesome and amazing. Um, and we've had a chance to chat one on one. And let me just say, you all, uh, these are my new best friends, my new yep. best friend couple. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we're going to start with, before we get into your story, we're going to start first with a Tell us a little bit about where you both are from and a little bit about your background. Like, uh, where do you come from? I'm uh, from originally born and raised in San Antonio, Texas. Um, a little bit about my background. 
when I was small growing up uh, with a mother of nine kids, uh, she, we kind of separated. She separated four and left five, and then two left, and it was just three of my brothers. Um, I was an outstanding football player uh, when I was at the Highlands High School. I was also a renowned three-time world kickboxing champion at the age of 21. I was a ganging officer as well. Uh, during that time, uh, my family just owned me. And then I, I went to Michigan, basically, uh, for a boxing career. Uh, but growing up uh, in the life of San Antonio, Texas, was, was a great thing. Being around people uh, like Sean Elliott, uh, Selena, you know, Selena, Selena, Kusa. Um, and there's people like that that, that was always, always around. I was really made it. That's that. That's part of the story. So we'll let my wife take this. I was born in Tonga, Philippines. Uh, my grandma went there and rescued me, I like to say, and brought me to the states where I lived a little bit in Kentucky, then moved to uh, East LA, California, where I grew up. And um, I a little more about me is that I, you know, been through a lot in my childhood. Um, is there something that I'm missing that you'd like to share? He's looking at me. He's like, look at me. I mean, like, I mean, that's your story, not mine. I mean, I'm just, I don't know too much uh, a little bit, but. But um, growing up, I was very, I was very athletic and um, I was really into my studies. I, I would say that I grew up being a loner. I had some friends here and here, but always felt like I was not included. But I know that was a divine plan and purpose. For God to lead me in that direction, to to focus on what He has me doing now. Everything that I've been through has was was predestined um, for Him to prepare me to for what I'm doing now, which is producing our shows that change the world. Awesome, awesome. So, Second Chance Saves Lives originally started out as a mission to help those who had been wrongfully incarcerated. No. Uh, Correct? No, incorrect. Second Chance Saves Lives was uh, mid, first started off with all, all the celebrities. That's what Okay. So okay. That's what it's about. Uh, all right. When I met my wife, you know, uh, he's doing some shows like the reality show. We became best friends. You know, she reached out to me. together, And she stated to me that I think we should change this. It's just not all the celebrities that need second chance to be following. So, you know, that being said, I change the concept and then it became second chance saves lives. Okay. All right. So, but this stemmed from your own personal story of being um, wrongfully convicted. So let's, let's start there. So uh, Paul, you uh, were wrongfully convicted for a crime that you did not commit. Correct. And uh, so before we get into a little bit about how you, uh, kind of escaped, uh, you know, conviction at first or being charged um, or indicted or brought in to the courts. Can you give us a little bit, bit of background as to what led up to you being arrested in the first place? You know, um, I was on a Yahoo uh, email and uh, I was doing some work on Yahoo and stuff like that, sending emails out to individuals. Uh, when I came across an email that stated that if you need a job, you know, give me a call and stuff like that. And it was just email with all this, these questions and things like that. So that kind of interested me to open it up. Once I opened that email up, you know, it was a, a person from out of the country. 
already knew it because uh, the last name was didn't match, you know, the names. I figured that maybe he's from Africa or something like that. Right. Uh, I responded and said I didn't need a job, anything like that. I'm okay. I told him what I was doing and uh, came back and says, you know, hey, listen, I got some kids that I, I, I need you to teach boxing to since you were a boxing instructor. Can you tell me more on that? And so I, I didn't really want to talk too much on the Internet, but uh, I told him that I can give you, you know, a little uh, example. You know, I uh, trained with Chris Bird, you know, uh, the heavyweight champion of the world. I helped him, you know, you know, prepare him actually to leave around the Holy Field for the IBF heavyweight championship. I was on the spawn partner. Also uh, was a spawn partner for Hasim Rock. So he literally looked these individuals up, saw, you know, that I was basically telling the truth, you know, so he, uh, so I have some kids and this would a scam came. So I love to, like I said, at, the, at that point in time, I was, I was at the juvenile home with the kids and things like that, counseling them, also teaching them boxing as well. Uh, and I was running the place. Uh, but at the same time, you know, uh, I just love kids. And so he put that in my, he knew why I worked at, so I also told him that as well. Uh, he asked me, uh, that if I want to train like 18, I think it was 18, 18, 15 kids or something like that. And uh, fortunately, I want to get paid for it before I go out of the country to train these of kids course. in Nigeria, not knowing anything about the Nigerian scam, not knowing anything about Nigeria, period. Just knowing it's a great country. You know, I uh, stepped up to the plate and told me I would train these individuals, but I got to get paid a certain amount of money. So he right. offered that I will pay you 50 grand for these individuals. And I said, okay, but well, I think I live need more because you know my time was valuable, basically going out there. Then of I course. Time, at that time they had so many diseases that was going on and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And I need to take shots and all these things. So and then getting my uh, passport and all these things to get prepared to go to to uh, out of the country to train these kids, not knowing what I was getting myself into. You know, right. uh, anybody could kidnap you and anything. I was thinking about all yeah. kinds of things. <laughs> Going to be correct. So um, I, you know, you know, I, I signed some contracts with him. He's sending back and forth, and it, it looked like it was legit. They had the stamp sealed and things like that from the governor and all these things, like he said they had to have uh, before they bring anybody across the country. I checked into it and found out that it was true. So what I did is I said, okay, well, I'll train these kids, but I need the money first. You know, half now and half when I get there. So the complete the whole check. Uh, and then it was $150,000. And I said, well, you know, I, I, that's kind of too much, but maybe he want to ask some more kids. I didn't really know, you know. So right. I went to the Citizens Bank, which is a Federal Reserve Bank. Mm -hmm. uh, knew the bank manager said she put a hold on the check. Actually, she asked me, I think you should pull on this check. So I'll correct myself. She didn't, I didn't ask her, she asked me. I'm going to put a hold on check and make sure it's real. Because right. it's not then you're responsible for this money. I said, right. okay. So she put a hole in the check and we kept in contact. He gave me his phone number. So then I got a, uh, I think it was Southwestern building or something like that. I got some kind of where I can call, you know, internationally and it don't cost that much money. Mm -hmm. So I called him internationally. He would call me. We would talk on the phone numerous of times. Uh, we built a big rapport together. I trusted him. He trusted me. So I thought he was legit. And so I guess that was the biggest scam he ever did because um, he called me and asked me, had a check clear yet? Because I think that we're going to do it earlier than expected. So I want to make sure the check clear 
two weeks later, I called and it was more money in the bank account than I expected. At that time, you could call and then the, the, the information that you put your, it'll tell you how much money you got in the bank. I think it, it tells you that right now, too. Right. So, I, okay, so, hey, it cleared. So I'm thinking like, I don't know, man, let me go. Look. So I went to her, the bank manager, and she stated to me that, yes, if it's cleared, that means it's, it's a good check. Congratulations. I said, okay. So um, I told him it cleared. Uh, I told him I was getting ready, prepared to come down there. Just give me the dates and times. And he said, okay. Then all of a sudden, you know, he came back and said, it's you know, 10 kids dropped out. So uh, I'm going to need you to turn, return some money. You know, now if I was a thief, if I wanted to have a good heart, I was like, nah, I'm not doing nothing. You out of the country. You, right. You, you know, but, right. Uh, you know, I had a good heart. And uh, for the kids, I, I talked to the kids on the phone. Let me talk to every kid that was going to be involved in this boxing program that was going to start in Nigeria. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, I had to send the money back. So he says, okay, you need to send it to this and this and this. And I asked him, why would you want me to send to different places? He said, this is where the kids are. And they're sending it back to their parents in a bank account. So I believed that. So, you know, I was like, okay, that, that sounds sound reasonable, you know. So I went on and uh, sent the money back to different, you know, mm-hmm. and not in different cities. Uh, and so he said, so, but you still have eight kids or seven kids. I don't kind of remember it's between that number uh, that you still can train. I said, okay, you know, I, 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 just let me know the, the time and the date. So mm-hmm. I kept that part of the money and send the rest through wire and transfer through, uh, through my bank, through different cities in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Right at that point in time, two months passed by, and then I got a call from Citizens Bank, left it on my ass machine. And, you know, back in the days, we had ass machines and telephones. We had a stack of cell phones, but uh, I was using my job as a cell phone. But I yeah, just heard the voice message said, you need to come back to the bank. I already knew right then, there, I said, summer's up. I got there, and the Secret Service was there. Uh, wow. Uh, wow. Manager and another, another, another uh, agent, and they said you you had fraudulent activity going to the bank. Was was check this way. So when a lot of people would say, you know, well, you should have knew that was a scam if they were having you send it to different accounts, even though it wasn't like offshore accounts or things of that sort. And knowing that he's the one that collected it from the parents. So why is it not your responsibility to send that money back? So for those who may be asking that type of question, you know, or may say, hey, you know, you you have a you know, you're a college graduate, you know, I have a master's degree. You as a business owner. Like, how could you not know that? What what would be your response to them? Because I know a lot of people are probably like, what? How did you not know? Well, uh, at that time, I had a lot of stuff on my mind. Uh, I still had to train with Chris, get him prepared for another fight. Uh, mm-hmm. I still had to, you know, go with my contract states. To, and I still had to do the kids, take them to court also in the mornings to go back to their families and stuff like that. If they finished mm-hmm. the program. So I had a lot of things on my plate at the time. But my mind wasn't even right. But at the same time, I believed them because, again, you can build a rapport with someone. But I would say watch out for signs like don't mess with other people out of the country unless you go to them and you know for a fact that these are business people that you can look right. up on the Internet or something like that. Right. And you kind of do some business with them. But uh, when it comes to Nigeria, they got like 90 percent scammers, you know, mm-hmm. and every time somebody hit me up from Nigeria, I tell my wife, I'm like, I don't take that call because I, I feel that I'm not saying everybody in Nigeria is bad, but I'm mm-hmm. saying. Most of the country, even they said it when they put them out there on ABC and CBS, uh, mm-hmm. most of them are 
are scammers. But uh, at the same time, I didn't know. You know, right. again, I had a heart for kids. So I wanted to teach these kids boxing. And for talking to them, you know, different names, I want to know the culture. I fell in love with them, you know. Right, right, right. Exactly. Boxing, you know, I trained Chris. Maybe they could mm-hmm. say, hey, look, this guy came to, he trained Chris. They come to us, you know. Right, right. Like, like inspirational to the kids, you know, mm-hmm. um, came out there to train them boxing that helped Chris Bird. I mean, everybody knew Chris Bird, you know, he beat a bat in the Holyfield. Everybody knew him around the world. So he was right. running out champion. So, you know, everybody knew Floyd Mayweather. You know, they knew mm-hmm. I would talk to Floyd and I knew Floyd Mayweather. So at that time, you know, I just wanted to be out there with these kids. You know, a lot of kids, right. they, they have hope in the future. And so I mm-hmm. felt that if I go out there with these individuals, uh, they will respond to Americans and say, now, this person came out here and they trained me boxing. And I can just kind of learn the culture, you know, and kind right. of them a little bit because I already didn't know too much about Nigeria. But um, I slipped. I, 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 everybody made mistakes. Ain't nobody perfect. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, you know, even the president, they made mistakes. Mm-hmm. They don't everybody, but they made mistakes. You know, right. look at the degrees they got. You know, Barack Obama made mistakes. You know, he was a senator. But, you mm-hmm. know, they're not going to tell you about president. it. President, I'm sorry. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's nobody on this on this planet that is perfect, that is without spot or wrinkle. So, <laughs> Barack Obama used to be a senator. I'm saying, mm-hmm. and he had degrees. He was very smart, experience. but experienced. But he made mistakes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, everybody gonna make mistakes just because you got a degree, right? You don't let nobody tell you, hey, you know, you made a mistake. You know. Mm-hmm. Of course, everybody made mistakes. When we first started this business, we made mistakes. We hired right. people we were supposed to, but then God took us to a transition. The transition from God was this. It's a part of your story now. So I used with my advantage with God and I made it as my story. So, you know, I just right. want to tell them that, first of all, don't doubt build nobody out of the country unless you know they're legit, especially now in this day, age of 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't know what's out there and don't go to a country without even knowing what's going on in that country, you know, uh, because right. the pandemic and things like that, people are kidnapping people and they use it for sex trafficking now and stuff. So especially women, I mean, you really right. got to understand that this, this world is, is, is dangerous now. I mean, you can't even right. step out without something happening, you know? So I, right. I, would, I would just inform them, Hey, don't talk to people out of the country that you know that they legit or somebody referred you to them. That's a very, a good business person on a higher up status, you know? All right. So let's stop there and we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue the conversation with Paul and Tiffany Newtall. Stick and stay. We'll be right back. If you're tired of hearing the same music and content every 5, 10 or 15 minutes on air, then check out JQLM Radio for the realest, rawest and most relevant variety of music, talk shows and more. Start your days with a little bit of gospel and gospel rap from 4 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Then get into some hot R&B. Some hip hop.
a little bit of pop. And some Neo Soul for the rest of the day. JQLM Radio, real, raw, and relevant. He wants everyone know. All right, so welcome back. You are tuned into the Impossible Radio Show with your girl, Lady J, right here on JQLM Radio, a division of Ego Entertainment Network. So before the break, Paul was sharing with us about his run-in with a scam that caused him to get into trouble with the feds. So, Paul, after, you know, all these feds and stuff come to your house and, you know, tell you that... Um, you know, there, there's been some fraudulent activity, or they called you, did they not, or sent you a letter or something? No, I sent you a letter. They, they sent, sent you a letter. letter. Okay. All right. So after that happened, um, you went on the run. Yeah. So, so tell us a little bit about why you chose to run from the face. Because I know a lot of people are like, "What? You did what? Like that's crazy! Like you know, you're gonna they're gonna find you." Uh, and because it's not like you were like uh, this person on the ten most wanted list or anything. But tell me, what was your thought process like? Um, and, and I know that being a black man in America had to play a role, especially um, when they did not take into account that, hey, like, you know, uh, um, this man is, you know, doesn't have a record. You know, that he's not engaged in any other type of activity like this, you know, and things of that sort. And just a lot of things were not taken into account. And so tell us a little bit about what was your mindset and what made you make that decision to go on the run and what was that like? Well, first of all, I gave him everything he wanted. I gave him the Yahoo information. I gave him the phone number. I gave him everything he wanted for evidence. Uh, mm -hmm. The mistake I made, I think I made a mistake. I don't. I wouldn't call it a mistake. At now, I was too arrogant and cocky. You know, like I was a, I was young. Mm -hmm. I was like Mayweather, young, cocky, arrogant, where I can do no wrong, and you can't tell me I did wrong at that time. I'm right. like, hey, man, what degree do you got? You know, I got two masters. What do you got? You know, and so he took that into consideration. Like, okay, I'm going to get you on that one. Well, that's why, because you got South Red Flags. But to answer your initial question, and you just stated, I ran because I was a black man and they did it purposely. Because even though when someone tells me something that's going to make me upset, I'm not going to go tell a grand jury, won't you indict this man? I think he did it because he's black. You know, and I, and I know that's what happened because the thing about it is the grand jury is not going to indict you. They would take 30 days or so much time. As soon as he took that report, he turned it in and they did it to the grand jury. It took him a year, one whole year to indict me. That's a long time for someone to indict me. Me going to wow. court, yes. that. That's a year. They had to say, hey, man, what you think? What you think? What you think? Let's go ahead and do it. Right. You know, mm -hmm. he pissed me off. You know, uh, he's saying all this stuff and he a black guy with education. So let's get him. Let's let, let's prove to these black people that we still can arrest him. You know, and then being a black person that was involved from Nigeria, took the money and made it really made it worse. You know, right. Right. So. um because they really couldn't do anything to the to the other guy because it's way outside of their jurisdiction. So I mean, they have to get somebody. Yeah. So so I ran because I I, I was I was very very disappointed in the justice system at that time. Mm -hmm. And every cop I saw, I used them. I used them. I, I went I went down to Mac Allen, and and I made I made myself profitable, right? And I got 
like state troopers to be my bodyguards. Mm-hmm. You know, I used them. Mac Allen police officers. I used them because I was upset, but I paid them. But I wanted to get up under them to see what they know because the mm-hmm. state is connected to the feds, is connected to, I already knew all the connections. And I knew if I had these people in my pocket, they would tell me stuff. So I was doing things for them that if they told on me, then they would get indicted because it was some things they'd done. I ain't gonna say it on here, but wow. it was so much stuff going on in Mac Island, Texas with mm-hmm. the, you know, Hispanics and stuff like that, that I knew everything. So mm-hmm. I had them up under me and, 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 they, and they took me in like a brother and guarded me life. But at the same time, you know, they still came and got me. They came and got me. Um, mm-hmm. And when they came and got me, as soon as I walked out the door, the first thing I did is seeing these state troopers that was my bodyguards <laughs> and this Hispanic police officer lady that I was uh, 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 dealing with as well. And they looking at me like, what the heck? Like, we didn't even know. But one of the guys, he looked at me and he shook his head like, yeah, like, you know, I got you. I got uh-huh. you. He always called me boss. You know, mm-hmm. they call me boss. And and so he he, he was sad. And they, when they threw me on that hot car and it was hot, I said, hey, man, it's hot in here. They came. One guy came over there and cut the car on and put the AC on for me. So it was just so much stuff that was going on. But at the same time, they caught me. You know, um, unfortunately, I didn't run too long. For two years, I was going to go to Brazil after that. Because mm-hmm. at that time, they wouldn't expedite you on a white-collar crime. So, right. so how long were you on the run total? Two years. Two years. Okay. That's, a, that's quite some time to be on the run. You said I wasn't on the run on the run that long. Two years is a long time to be on, <laughs> yeah. be on the run from the and, yeah. and just to be clear, like during this time, like you had kids, like right? You had kids that you couldn't interact with, that you couldn't right. see, and right. and things of that sort. So um now I, let me ask you this because I, I like asking the difficult questions or <laughs> uh did it ever occur to you that, hey, me making this choice is affecting my children in a negative way? I'm not able to be in their life because of this choice that I'm making. Yeah, it affected me. I uh, I was very disappointed in myself, but I felt that if I didn't try to fight in some kind of way in my heart, that was a fighting uh, a tool for me to run and say, catch me if you can. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going to fight back. I ain't going to just give myself up to you on a piece of bread because what you did to me was wrong. I'm gonna let you catch me. I'm gonna I'm make it hard for you to catch me. I'm gonna get you to spend millions of dollars or whatever the state money or whatever the feds give you to try to catch me and help try to go over here and go over there and I'm gonna trick you. I'm gonna use my education to trick you the way you tricked me. That was on my mind. At that time, again, I was arrogant. I, did, I wasn't thinking right. But if I just turn myself in, okay, I'm gonna turn myself in, then I'm giving something up that I really believe in. I believe in right. that I was, I, I was innocent. So I'm gonna keep running until I, I, I'm gonna run until I go somewhere and prove my innocence to you guys. I'm not gonna let you just lock me up and put right. me in jail without proving myself. Mm-hmm. And then at that time, I was trying to, I was trying to get people to contact this individual. He called them back. We were trying mm-hmm. to figure out where he was at to try to go to Nigeria. And you know, I, I did a lot of things to try. I didn't, that, that something didn't come out, but that, that was, I was trying to prove my innocence. And there's some people right. that, on movies, they ran too, you know, just like his other guy. It was a true story. They said he murdered his wife, and he said, "Bump that." He he ran from mm-hmm. the police until he proved his innocence. 
and then they got him. They like you innocent. That's what I tried to do. You see? Okay. All right. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, because sometimes the system. Let's just be honest. It's not fair. It's unbalanced when it comes to people of color. And right. so sometimes your only option is to, you know, be your own defense. So right. you have to get out there and do the do the work. You know what I'm saying? Do the research and be your own detective. Hey, so I I, I, <laughs> I totally understand that. So <laughs> so you were caught and uh, brought in, went to court. So tell us what happened. Uh, at that point, you had been on the run for two years. You weren't able to see your children. You were finally caught. Um, and you had all the evidence that you needed as well right. to for, you know, uh, to prove your innocence. Right. So tell us what happened once they caught you and brought you into court. Well, first of all, when I, I was going again, I was going to Brazil. And when I heard them helicopters and stuff come out, uh, they, they put me in a car. He took me in and he looked at me. He says, you know who I am? I said, I know who you are. He said, I'm Brian Gibson. I'm the person that you tried to get. And like, he pushed me, you know. And I knew right then and there I was dealt with. I knew right then and there that he already had his strings attached and things like that. Because mm -hmm. I, at the time, I still called Barack Obama administration, like I stated before, to get these mm -hmm. people off me so I could prove my innocence. I was going to hide the closet and like, look, I want to talk to the president. I called them and they, and they answered the phone, actually. And they, and they, told, and they talked to the Secret Service. And told them what's going on, you know, and they kind of made up this little deal. And this guy was like, I'm gonna come get you, I'm the main guy of the Secret Service. So he found me. And so they just brushed everything under the rug that I gave them. But they was trying, when I went to court, they was trying to 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 give me all this time. You know, um, I didn't want to fight the justice system because I know if I fight them, they're gonna give me more time. We uh -huh. for this much time. And then they try to go with my guidelines. So, right. you know, I was like, look, I'm not gonna let you do this to me again. I'm not going to let you go with my guidelines and give me like 20 years for something I didn't do. I'm pleading guilty because I know how, what you guys did to my brothers now when they fought the system. They gave them like 30, 40 years, right? So, okay, I ran, but it wasn't because of this. It wasn't because of that. I gave them everything. So the, the only thing I had as a weapon was God. I said, I got it. And, and at that time, I, when I got incarcerated, I didn't know too much about God. When I got incarcerated, I learned about him. I would talk to him. I laid, I laid on my back, up, always looking in the ceiling and talking to God. And he would mm -hmm. tell me, it's be okay. And I'm like, man, that's it. It's going to be okay. This is too deep. These are the feds. God said, hey, look here. I deal with the feds too. I mean, talk to the judge. He was doing the paperwork, looking through the papers. And he said, Mr. Newtall, I don't think you had anything to do with this. So I'm going to drop two to 40 charges and I'm going to release you today. Wow. Talk about God making a way out of no way. So we're going to stop right there and take our last break, but don't go anywhere because we'll be right back to continue this conversation with Paul and Tiffany Newtall. And we'll hear from Tiffany when we come back. So stick and stay. You are tuned into the I'm Possible Radio Show with your girl, Lady J, right here on JQLM Radio, a division of Ego Entertainment Network. Ego TV Network is the new digital full-scale television network you didn't know you needed. A network for the people, by the people. Movies, series, music, and live television. From action, to drama, to sports, to thrillers, to horrors, to comedy, and more. Ego TV has the best variety of new school and old school movies and shows. But most of all, independent content. Whether you want to watch TV live or on demand, advertise, buy TV spots, 
submit content for Aaron, or add your channel to the network, Ego TV is the platform to start with and grow with. We support you as you grow with us. Available via web, mobile apps, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, and Android TV. Ego TV Network, electrifying entertainment. So we are back from break. So if you are just tuning in to the show, you are going to have to go and listen to the recording on any of the major podcast platforms, because before the break, Paul was telling us about how God showed up and showed out in the courtroom and showed himself to be the lawyer of all lawyers, man. So <laughs> let's get back into the rest of this show and wrap it up and find out more about these man, all of these different miracles and blessings happening in this show of God showing up and showing out, turning the impossible into the possible. But I'm gonna charge you one charge because they already did 14 months because they I'm on flight risk. If I mm -hmm. they didn't charge me, then you know I could have sued them for you know false imprisonment or something like that. Mm -hmm. But he was like, I'm just gonna charge you with one because maybe you had something to do with it. We really don't know. But you've been in jail 14 months. Just go ahead and take this. I'm gonna put you on probation for three years, and I'm gonna release you today. You can leave. And so he says, any objections from anybody? Everybody was going against me. He's like, no objections, y'all, because they didn't heard what God said. You know, I did uh, three years uh, federal probation. They released me in two, because they still didn't believe it. The lady was like, I still can't believe this. They put this felony on you. I can't get a job now. What I'm gonna do? You know, right, I'm right, right. Me, black man. I'm here. So, you right. know, yeah. people be thinking it's a game when they say that he is a lawyer in the courtroom. Won't he do it? <laughs> so he is definitely a lawyer in the courtroom and he will definitely fight for you. Um, so at, at this point, you know, you are, are trying to get your life back together. And I know um, in reading your story, you found yourself getting arrested again. But this time it was for child support, you know, not being able to pay, you know, child support, take care of your children and things of that sort. Um, so I know that as a man, I know you were just probably like, come on, like, really? <laughs> it's one thing after another. I would have been paying child support for a long time. And 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 I, I knew my kids. I couldn't pay it on the run because they would catch me. They would know where the money come from, or where mm -hmm. whoever I gave it to, they would go question them. You know where he at? So right. I couldn't pay it. So on the two years I was on the run, I couldn't pay it. Okay. Mm -hmm. On the three years I was on federal probation, I couldn't pay it. So you talk about almost six years that I couldn't pay child support for all these kids. So right. when I they said you can't pay child support because we come first as a federal, which I know that for a fact. So when you leave. Be careful because you have a warrant for child support. But it turned to a federal warrant because it was over ten thousand dollars. Understand, child support is a civil matter case. Anything over ten thousand dollars becomes federal again. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, look here, man. And she's like, hey, I just gotta let you know. I'm gonna warn you. I got out of there and I'm driving one day and the state trooper stopped me. And I'm like, man. And and I had two licenses. I had one from Michigan and one from Texas. So I. I had two of them. He said, give me both of them. And he was a nice guy. You know, he's a nice guy. He's like, listen, they want you for child support. It's a federal child support warrant. And you're a flight risk because you did it with the feds. So uh, listen, they don't want you. I'm going to let you go. It's okay. Came back. He said, they want you. 
I mean, I got expedited on a, a bus with a whole bunch of people, handcuffed, hands swollen up, wow. swollen up. I'm like, listen, man, y'all, this is just really true. Can y'all do this? Can wow. y'all like these people like this? He's like, yeah, they dropping people off, picking them up all through the whole world. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm on the bus. They feed us every morning. They feed us McDonald's, the same thing every morning. And lunch, they go get us some barbecue chicken and all this <laughs> wow. other stuff. But all I was doing was making you fat. And they were like watching movies, but you still handcuffed. I'm like, listen, man, and you go to the bathroom one at a time. I was sick. And then they tried to uh, put me in prison for that because they tried to get my felony with the feds and then this felony. And, uh, mm-hmm. and they try to run, run it up and all this crime. And this, this, I'm like, what? And so Barack Obama just signed a, 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 a ministry, uh, something that where people can't go to prison for child support. And mm-hmm. so that saved me. And so they were like, well, you can go to sit in jail. So I sat in jail. Uh, they, they put me on five, five years probation. I got out. I was homeless. Didn't know where I was going to go. I didn't know what I was going to do. Now I got two felonies. Mm-hmm. You know, now what I'm going to do, I'm hit. You know, I can't. And it's God saying, don't worry about it. I got you. It's going to be okay. Right. So, Listen, God is known to use those and elevate those who come from the mud, okay? From prostitutes, you know, <laughs> to murderers, to, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, you name it, thieves, all of that. So um, he definitely had his hand on you in, in all of this. Okay. Uh, so you were able to start getting your life back in order. So, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I got back on my feet. Uh, I had three hundred dollars to my name, and then from there, I was like, "Look, I want to get transferred to to Hollywood," because I knew when I got there, it was going to be a wrap. I knew I was going to get something started, and that's when right. I started seeing all these these stars, and they start talking about, "Hey, the man with the black hat is buying up Hollywood," <laughs> and that's when I start doing reality shows and stuff. And that's how I got back on my feet. Amazing. So, so you had started this movement, Correct. and you met Tiffany. So. Correct. Uh, <laughs> Tiffany, tell us um, a little bit about how you both met and how did you align yourself with his movement? And because you took this movement to a whole nother level. So, uh, you know, that's what uh, wives are for to be a help meet. You have the vision and she has the means to make it happen. Right. So <laughs> uh, talk a little bit about how you all met and um, and how what made you decide to fall in line with his, with his vision and how, how did that align with what you were trying to do? So when Paul first reached out to me, as he stated, he was in the process of trying to get a reality show together, which I think was his first reality show he was trying to do. <coughs> Excuse me. And so once I was, I was doing, I was actually just joining a pageant at that time when he reached out to me, he said he was putting something together. And of course I'm always open as entrepreneur to, I don't close down up doors before God closes them for me. So I was open. Um, and so while I was doing, going through the pageant, the reality show did not start until after, um, after my pageant had ended. And so once we got started on that, a lot of um, drama with the girls happened, a lot of jealousy and envy and a lot of um, trying attempts of framing um, was happening, unfortunately. Um, but the show fell through because one of the girls was who was starting the drama, she happened to have something on her record. So because we had filmed everything, it was just dropped. That's when Paul started sharing about Second Chance. You know, I was helping Paul and celebrities 
And in my mind, I was saying, well, why weren't you doing this to begin with? You know, helping people right. over a reality show in my mind. And so I asked him to have dinner. I wanted to talk to him about something very important. And so I shared with him that we should, sh that he, we should help everybody and not just the fallen celebrities um, because everyone is struggling and everyone needs a helping hand and everyone needs a second chance. And so that's how I felt. And from then on, we moved on to film our pilot uh, episode of our second chance. We didn't change it to second chance saves lives yet until we got to San Antonio, Texas. And then we moved to San, you know, then our relationship grew um, as business partners, friends first, business partners. We got to know each other a lot quicker than most relationships because we were working together. Right. And so that grew. He began liking me, would joke around and say, will you marry me? And I said, no, Paul, we're just friends. <laughs> more times. And, um, and then so God started intervening in our relationship because I was completely blocking off all attempts, all signs from God he was sending me. And so I'm going to just share a story. I started to search for answers of who would be my husband at the time. He was praying for a wife. I was praying for a husband. And uh, so I called a, a medium, a love medium, and she said that, uh, that my husband would be a Leo and I would be married sometime in the end of the year. And my heart dropped. <laughs> because Leo was Paul, <laughs> and uh, and that was so close for me. Marriage in the end of the year, like I'm just looking for my husband. Like, <laughs> I was like, she's wrong. I call another lady. She's a completely different lady, and she tells me the same. She tells me the same thing. She sees marriage with a Leo, but um, it would never work unless a third party was always involved. And I'm like, I was just like party and that goes into some spiritual side which mm -hmm. we can get into and it will come out in the future but there was a third third party it's not a third person if anyone's thinking that um it was a third party that was interfering it was really um a spirit there were feelings the spirit trying to break us apart because god knew if he put us together we would really create something and of course the enemy for those who are spiritual that's the main job yes. to stop it. So that yep. was to sum it up the third party that they were both referring to. Mm -hmm. And so fast forward, I, I finally knew that God was telling me through other more spiritual events. It wasn't just those two. I knew that Paul was the one and I just needed to get on board with what God knew was best for me and kind of opening my eyes because it was blinded. And so we moved forward. Um, we got married, came to San Antonio and we just kind of went full force with Second Chance created our second right. TV shows and production company, Second Chance Saves Lives, evolved to Second Chance Saves Lives instead of just Second Chance, and now Forgotten Prisoners and our radio show. Um, and we just, you know, we're just growing and expanding. The more that we can grow and expand, we can help more people and save more lives. So uh, I think that you all's story is so awesome. I mean, because I, I'm, I am definitely a believer um, God has definitely been my everything through my entire life. And it's just so awesome when I can see with your spiritual eye, when people are talking and telling their testimony where God was in all of that and to see how his plan comes together and 
I mean, look at you now. Both of you are now executive producers of a, a great TV show that is also ministering to other people and helping people. Um, and it's coming to a major network. Like, so, and, and I've said this, I say this all the time that, you know, you two are definitely what people call a power couple, but a lot of people consider power couples, uh, a couple who just, you know, has a lot of money, they own a business and things of that sort. But to me, if you don't have God and you cannot move uh, mountains and overcome things without the word of God or speaking a word fast and different, you have no power. Without yeah. him, you don't have any power. <laughs> so, um, so yes, yes, I, I absolutely love it. So now that you all are, um, you've done your pilot show, you have been accepted to, you know, air this on Fox TV. So tell us first, before you get into that, tell us what lessons can you share with the viewers that you took away from your experiences? Because I'm pretty sure outside of your individual experiences um, and your challenges with building this company, there's also been some challenges together, I'm pretty sure, in your relationship, marriage and things of that sort. So just tell the viewers a little bit about some of the lessons that you learned along this journey and what it's like to now be actually living out your purpose and your dream and really the purpose that God had for the both of you. I believe one of the things that uh, is great advice for just any person trying to follow their dreams and, and open a business, for instance, is really to expect that there will be people close to you that won't agree with your vision, that won't support your vision. And you have to take that as or expect it as you progress, because the more successful, the more stronger that becomes. And to really remember that when it does happen, to not let that push you down in spirit, but to really just know already, okay, I knew this was going to happen. And I just need to push through and still follow my own destiny and my own path, regardless of what um, they say or what they're trying to have me do. It's very important to, I believe, for people to know who your favor is tied to. So can you tell everybody how they can watch Second Chance Saves Lives? When does it start airing on Fox TV? And how can they reach out to you all and follow you? Well, they can follow us on Instagram on um, second, second chance, second underscore chance, underscore saves, underscore lives. And that's with a two in the, the number two in the underscore chance, underscore saves, underscore lives, Instagram on uh, Twitter. It will be at second chance saves. Uh, no, I mean, second chance saves. I'm sorry. At second chance saves. And then, and the oh, the Aaron dates is Saturday. It's going to be, they gave us a date, a Saturday between seven and eight, but they didn't give us the time. I'm sorry. They didn't give us the official date yet until okay. we, we, we got some things we have to do uh, based on our contract for us to get these, these, uh, Aaron dates based on our contract. Is so, that seven and between seven and 8 a.m. PM, PM. E Eastern central standard time uh, with Eastern central standard time, uh, it's, it's 7 PM to, to 8 PM. We just tell people, uh, just to keep checking us out uh, and follow us on, uh, follow our social, us on media. social media. That's the only way they're going to find out. It. We'll announce it uh, okay. we'll out there. They'll, they'll find out and then they can, they can, you know. Okay. Um, well, Paul and Tiffany, I want to thank you so much for being my guests on today. Uh, 
thank you so much also for being transparent. A lot of, you know, celebrities like to, some celebrities, I would say, like to be, um, I'll say, quiet when it comes to their personal lives, you know, and uh, and want to be private. And that's fine because I, I understand being in, being in the light a lot. But I think that sharing some of those important things that you've gone through um, to help other people, because a lot of people look up to celebrities or see them as, oh, that's what I, that's what I want to aspire to. But, you know, you also see a lot of celebrities out here that are um, struggling. They have a lot of money, but, you know, they're still addicted to drugs or, you know, in and out of jail or whatever the case may be. And so um, I think it's very important, too, that you all are even though that you are all have a lot of connections, you know, saying in Hollywood, you work with celebrities that you yourselves, you know, are celebrities, even though you work behind the scenes. I think it's very important for people to understand that you are people, too, and you have a story, you have a testimony and you have some lessons that can help people. All right, JQL on radio listeners, we have come down to the last part of the show. So again, thank you for joining me today and tuning in to the Impossible Radio Show with your girl, Lady J, right here on JQLM Radio, a division of Ego Entertainment Network. And before I go, as I always say, after all of the hell you went through, the word through is an indication that you defeated the impossible too. New adversities will come, but overcoming them has already made you unstoppable. The favor over your life incomparable, which gives you the right to think and believe I'm possible. Love y'all. Peace.